amount of work, so yeah. let's do a two hundred thousand dollar deal. Let's do a million dollar deal. So right, yeah. It's just thinking bigger, growing your mindset, and growing your, your capabilities. Hey guys, this is Carlos, Daryl, Dylan, and our special guest today. His name is Todd Miller. He is a Richmond sensation. No, he's he's a top performing wholesaler who's changed the uh, landscape of not just Richmond in the wholesale market and just real estate in general, but then is also now doing it nationally. So we're gonna ask him a bunch of questions. Stick around, listen to this interview, and uh, for the time being, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, that nice. bell, and yes, comment. Share. Any kind of questions that we don't get that, that we don't get answered today. Put them in the comment, and then we'll do a follow up, and then maybe just show up to his office and ask it to him live. You're already here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, intro, intro. All right, guys. This is Generation H. She's in this fun time. So I don't know. I mean, there's there's so much to start with, Todd. Right? I mean, how about this? Just give us a little background on where. How did you get started in real estate, or what made you pursue real estate? Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I was working in a sales job at a truck truck leasing company. I did that for probably I don't know 15 years or so, and just tired of being, you know, I wasn't broke because I made good money, but you know, at the end of the month, you know, all the bills were paid and there's not much left over. Credit card debt's going up, and it's like I just decided that hey, I had to start bringing in some additional income and not rely upon my job to do that. So I love real estate um, and I just basically dove, on, dove online, figuring out how I could start making money with real estate with little to no money and came across wholesaling at that point. And I just dove, like dove into it. Like I literally would work all day, come home, have dinner with my family, spend a few hours with them. And then I'd be up till like two o'clock in the morning, just learning about wholesaling, how how to do it, how to get set up, and just dove head in on it. So, nice. What was it about real estate? Because like, yeah, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, uh, specifically, I read uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, and pretty much, you know, real estate has made hundreds of thousands of millionaires, and that's kind of the path that I was like, okay, I didn't really think I wanted to start a, a true company at that point. Just hey. I'm gonna go out and you know flip some real estate, make some cash that way, and then start holding it to build long-term wealth. So, nice. yeah. So now to take us back to the first step, when you were 15 years deep in your trucking or in the trucking company sales, mm-hmm. when was it that you did your first actual deal, or when was it that you read Robert Kiyosaki that changed your mindset? Uh, so I started my, my wholesaling company in 2009, so it was probably oh, right after, 13 years yeah, ago, right, right after right the crash. Right in the middle of the crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that was the reason why I went in, because, you know, uh, uh, Kiyosaki talks about, you know, zigging when other people are zagging, nice. and you want to go against what the market is actually doing. Mm-hmm. So, I, have, uh, yeah. I have questions about that as we're yeah. going into the... It's like so, they say, when you win, there's fear, it well, everybody was like, oh, real estate, I'm getting out. Oh, real estate, I'm getting out. I'm like, great, I'm getting in. So, nice. yeah. so, so that's when you started studying, like, yeah. how to do it and yeah. learning how to do it. Yeah. And then how long after that did you actually get your first one under contract? It actually took me about two years to do my first deal, believe it or not. So oh, wow. like, when I first started, it, it, it's, it wasn't really like the information age like it is now where yeah. you get, you know, have a list, have it pulled, have it skip trace, and start talking to sellers within half an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back then, it was 
it was postcards, right? You direct mail. Yeah, you just yeah. basically sent the mail out. You pulled the list. You sent the mail out. Waited for a week or two, hoped the phone would ring, and then you started talking Open to Open up the newspaper. Uh, so, process was a little different back then. A um, lot less competition back then as well, which was nice. Um, but, you know, so you started it, off it took me a while. With yeah. nailers, that was how you got your first deal. Yep, yep. Okay. I actually came, a, I partnered with a guy out of Chesapeake because um, I had a full-time job, right? So I wanted to be smarter and be able to get more done. Yep. So I quickly figured out that Hey, I didn't want to do all the stuff related to the business. I, I would rather just have a partner, and he handled all the marketing, all the pulling and hiring of VAs and all that stuff. And you had the sales side. And I had the sales background. Right. Mm -hmm. So we got the leads. I talked to the people that, that came in as leads, locked up the contracts, and then I would also go out and sell the contracts, and then we would just split the money 50-50. Nice. And your partner, he was already doing wholesaling when you went to him, or was he brand new at it too? No, he, he was already doing it. Okay. But he, but he, had, he had only started probably a year or so before me. In Chesapeake. He wasn't doing it. Right, in Chesapeake. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he was just helping you with like the Richmond market. And he'd still get that 50% of Correct. Yeah. 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 Now, how long was it from the time you got the first deal until you got the second deal? Were they back to back after that? Yeah, it, two it was years pretty consistent after that. Okay. Once that first one hit, that was kind of like proof of concept, right? Yes. And uh, just kind of took, took off from there. So, I mean, I, when I started again, I was only part time doing it part time. I still worked the full time. But um, luckily, I had flexibility because I was in sales. So, I'm, I'm always, always out running around mm -hmm. on yep. the streets and all right, I gotta go talk to this seller, so I'm gonna go talk to this seller. Oh, and I can stop in and see these customers at the nice. same time, so it worked out pretty well. But um, you know, we, we put systems in place with with my partner, and basically, we, you know, we would probably do I don't know one or one or two deals a month on average nice. once we got it rolling. So and we're still working full time. Still job. working full time yeah. job. Yeah. How long did you work that full time job before you went all in? Uh, it was. Let's see. I've been married for six years. So <laughs> it's it's about it was about seven years ago when I when I quit that full time job. So 2002, so around 2015. So okay, I, so I, I, I ran it that way for a while. Yeah, oh, five years. Oh, okay. Wow. And then uh, basically what had happened is my company came to me and they decided that they wanted to cut our commissions oh. in the middle of the year. And at that point, you know, because I had taken steps to generate income outside of that job, it just gives you a lot of power. And I just yeah. basically looked right at him and I was like, there's no way you're cutting my pay, you're cutting no, my salary. I was like, I appreciate the job, but you can take the job and, and go, go elsewhere with it. I said, I'm but done. you saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. I mean, even back in 2008, nine, right, right when you got started, right. you knew that something like that was gonna happen. Right. Right? Like, yeah. So, I, and I was making six figures at that point in the, in the sales job and, you know, you just break it down. I'm doing one to two deals, part-time at it, so really all I gotta do is one more deal a month, and then that replaces that whole income, yeah, uh, nice. and, I, and I'm only doing it part-time, so yeah. if I do it full-time, I should be able to do, you know, two, two to three times of what mm -hmm. I'm already doing already, so, it, you know, I, I just dove in, and then I told my partner, hey, I'm going full-time now, you know, I'm gonna do this on my own, nice. and then started to set up all the processes and stuff for myself at that point. Nice. And so now after you went all in is when you actually got good systems in place to take it to the next level or? No. That <laughs> <laughs> was a one man show pretty much. So, uh, okay. did, did, right. Just, you know, grinded and worked all the time, did it all myself. 
And uh, I knew I still married you after a year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Had a lot of support in that. Right So, and then uh, eventually my, my son uh, came and he started working with me. And at that point, I kind of systematized a few things with him and he did more of our projects at that time, kind of learned the business as I taught him and then um, just kind of grew, grew it out from there. I, I didn't really get like super, super systematized until I started going to like masterminds okay. with other like-minded wholesalers that are national across the country. And basically, you know, I, I love to learn, I love to grow. Yeah. So I, I wanted to be around guys that are doing a million dollars, $3 million, yeah. $5 million. We have people in our group that do $20 million just nice. wholesaling properties. So, you know, you learn a lot just by being around like-minded people like that and just watching how they do it and just taking that in and then coming back and setting it up. But, uh, you know, uh, my wife is our COO and she's the one that really spearheaded as far as setting up um, SOPs and KPIs and all that stuff and, and getting the company to where we need to be and where we are today. So Was she working before? Did she have a full-time job or, or like when you took the leave you're doing wholesaling full-time she also had a full-time job yeah then, yeah she, she didn't come on board with with us full-time until maybe like a couple years ago so um, that's that's really when it, when it really kind of all took off for for me and for us so um, and the process and the operation the yeah. smoothness of being able to scale well just being having things trackable having yeah. things being yes. accountable to, to personnel and all that stuff so you know she really set it up and uh, opened my eyes to what we kind of needed to do. I'm more of a visionary type person. Yep. In your business, you want to have a visionary person that kind of leads and grows and comes up with ideas and stuff like that. I'm not very good at implementation. And like, that's where she's excellent. So we, we kind of meld very well together. That's cool. And uh, it, so you always got to have that integrated person that can put, put it all together for you. So, so would you say she's doubled your business? Oh yeah, right. definitely. I mean, we've doubled our revenues since last year, so. Nice. Yep. So year over year, she is. Yep. We doubled it last year, and our goal is to double it again this year, and we're we're on pace to do that. So nice. Yeah. So doubling it two years in a row. So that's all out. Yep. Yeah. So basically, 2015, you're a one-man shop. <clears throat> three years in, you finally got a few systems, and then yep. she comes in year three or four and yeah, takes it to a whole other level. level. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So did you have to teach her like what wholesaling was or like kind of how you go about? No, not not really, because she's she's just a super smart person altogether, and um, she was with me the whole time. Like she would go to my masterminds with me. She, oh, nice. she actually got me into my mastermind. It's a funny story. That's another story for another day. But um, uh, you know, so she was with me. She she saw what we do. She saw how I did it. That's cool. And so she kind of knew knew the industry, and she's just super smart on top of that. So she can pick up things really quickly and, and learn. And she geeks out on processes and KPIs and SIPs. What was she doing before? She came from a, a mortgage uh, background. She was in the mortgage uh, compliance industry. Uh, oh, so she's a process person. Yeah, she's yeah. super smart. Oh, okay. yeah. So like, super smart. The SOP nice. part came natural. Yeah. Right? Yep. That's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Speaking on masterminds, where do you, where do people, if someone wanted to get in a mastermind, like how did you find out about a mastermind? How did you join it? And also, if you don't mind sharing, what did it cost? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess it started off. I was just you know trying to find systems and and learning online, and I came across this guy named Sean Terry, 
was uh, Float to Freedom, and I just went to a couple. I think the first event I went to his, I, I paid, I don't know, a couple couple grand probably to do that. And that's where I met the majority of the guys that are in my mastermind that I'm in now at, at his place. So, but I mean, I've paid all kinds of money yeah. for masterminds and growth and mentality. I mean, I, I'm not afraid to go out and shell out cash for that stuff because you can elevate your business and grow way quicker than yeah, you right. basically would if, if you try to figure everything out yourself. Right? If you're open-minded, because I feel like a lot of people go in and they're like, I already know everything. Yeah, usually right. those people don't even go to a mastermind. Don't even go to yeah. 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 Now, Was this a local mastermind, or you had to travel somewhere? Not Arizona. Arizona. There, oh, Arizona. Yeah, I was in Arizona. Okay. Yeah, because that's nice, one thing. Nice weather. So I was like, all right, let's go out there. Because yeah. a lot of people don't understand, just going to your local RIAs is nice and gets you started. But if you want to scale to the level you're at, you have to reach outside of that range yep. and go with people that are nationally doing this on a higher scale. Because yep. there's probably a handful of people doing it here in Richmond, but there's hundreds of people, thousands of people doing it elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. And it took you going to Arizona to meet the group that you're in that took you times 10 of what you were doing. Yeah, if I wasn't in the mastermind right now, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. There's yeah. no, no doubt in my mind. So that's awesome. Yeah. Sweet. That's awesome. So we want to kind of dive in a little bit on like how you run your business. <clears throat> and so first off, I want to talk about virtual assistants with you because I know, well, first off, how many do you have? Uh, <laughs> we just hired a bunch more. So I, we have, I have like seven, I think it's seven, it might be eight, eight, and all offshore, offshore, different offshore, countries. and they're on all of my versus systems are in the Philippines. So we have like eight calling VAs that do, um, I think we got like three of them on the dialer, dialing out, looking for leads, cold leads, and then the rest are all like follow up types. Because we, I have over probably 10,000 10, some records in my CRM right now that it's a lot, that's a lot of, of follow up. So they're they're doing follow ups, and then also answering the phone when somebody rings from our outbound. From our outbound uh, marketing efforts, so so we have eight there. We have two data VAs. All they do is pull lists, skip trace lists, wow. filter stuff, get it all set up. You have two people that do that full time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a lot of lists. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of data. You get to do business like that. You got yeah. you run yeah. a lot of data. So, yeah. so how many how many uh how many people are you like skip tracing? Would you say a month? Uh, 100,000 people. Probably more. Mm, probably not. Probably not that many. Probably not that many. I think we send about third, no, about 40, 40 to fifty thousand postcards a month currently. Wow. And then um, so we'll skip trace all of those people. But a lot of those we've already skipped traced before. You know, so yeah. So they, they don't get charged. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe another I don't know ten. 20,000 so yeah like 70,000 people so so to us that sounds like a big number check I mean, we don't wholesale we don't do any of that but is it as easy as like sending 500 it's very it's not very different obviously it's more at scale but like 500 is not very different from 5,000 it's not very different from 15,000 it's not very different from 50,000 obviously the inbound outbound is yeah. at scale it's more but like the systems as long as you have a good system at 500 do you think that would support a fifteen thousand, a fifty thousand? Uh... No, nah, as you get a little bigger, you gotta have more, more systems and more people in place. I mean, I could probably do five hundred myself. I can't do fifty thousand myself. 
That's just, okay. that's, I would freak out if I had 50,000 records of data that just got thrown at me. So yeah. Yeah. I would probably be locked in a room for days trying to figure out all that data. So mm -hmm. where, you know, we pay them and they, they do it all and they sort it all and get it all configured the way it needs to be done and upload it into all of our systems, our CRMs, our dialers, you know, and then they just basically handle it all. I, I would not want to do that or try to handle yeah. it. <laughs> now when they're doing this, are they, how many touch points are you doing? Are you touching these same skip trace leads multiple times, like four, five, six times, reaching postcards, calling? Absolutely. I mean, okay. is there a secret number? Because I know in sales, it's generally nine touch points are typically to get one sale. Is it same in wholesaling? Yeah, same in wholesaling. Like okay. Seven to nine times is, is generally how long it takes just to even get them on the phone. Gosh. Most people are going to quit after one or two attempts. They are. So that's why I don't really worry about competition. Because to me, we're, I already have the mentality that we're not ever going to quit. We're not going to stop trying to contact them where I know everybody else. You know, they get one no and they put their tail between their legs and they crawl away. Yeah. So you, you can't do that in sales. You can't do that in wholesale. So you got to be mentally work your competition pretty yeah. much. And, and never stop. We won't yeah. quit. Unless, unless they sell the house or they, <laughs> on the, well, if they die, we're stuff like that. We're still going out there. That's a good thing. But yeah, unless they sell the house or they basically threaten that they're going to sue us if we keep trying to follow them, then we'll take them off the I was going to say, for compliance reasons, don't you have to go through the compliance and all that? Uh, do not call compliance and all that. Supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He does. We need litigators. We skip, we skip and we, we, we take out <coughs> litigators, but okay. I, don't, I don't always... Uh, Take out the do not, out not calls because if you take out your do not calls, that's half the list. It's more than half the list most yeah. of the time. And you're so, waiting, you already paid for those leads, right? Yeah. Leads. And most people that are on the DNC will will give you some grace, and you know they just say, hey, I'm on the DNC, and then we take them, we we just note that, and then we don't call those people anymore. So, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, but we'll we'll take we'll take some chances. So you do call, do you do calls and postcards? Are you just sending any like text messages, or are you? Or is it really just postcards and calls? Just postcards and calls currently, right now. It's working. Yeah, we get about uh, <clears throat> what we spend and what we do. We're probably about 100, 100 leads a week right now, close to 100 leads. Wow. Like hot leads, hundred hot leads. Not hot leads. No. Well, okay. to, to me, a lead is anybody that raises their hand and they say they want to sell their house. Okay. Whether it's gotcha. retail, you know, or no. it doesn't matter. You yeah. want to sell your house, that's cool. But we'll partner with realtors too, so the nice. guys that are not not very warm, they just want give me your offer or whatnot. That they will will network with and work with realtors to pass those leads to, and if they get a listing, we get a marketing feedback from them. Mm -hmm. So I'm monetizing all my leads. Nice. Yeah. So you're getting a little piece, yeah. whether or not you're getting the big piece, you're getting a yeah. tiny piece. Of yeah. Most people don't do that. Exactly. They just let it go. Oh, you're looking for a yeah. market. Okay, bye. Now, of your calls, your postcards, if you had to give a percentage of success rate, would you say it's like 50-50 or calls like a 60% so more successful than Success rate or? being how you define that, what do you mean? Uh, right, right, the most generates, uh, I won't call it a lead, I, well call it a lead, right, just anybody, warm, cold, whatever, just like touch back or they get in touch with you, not necessarily like a successful contract that you then sell. Because those are opportunities, right? Like, yeah, I would have to look at that to be honest with you. So, I mean, I would say the majority of our deals come from postcards right now. 
I just have started to scale the, the calling side a little bit more here recently, but um, we're way more profitable on, on, the, the, on, on the calling. Than oh, on the calling. But postcards are expensive. <coughs> yeah. yeah. So postcards is probably like 90% of my marketing budget each each month. Oh, wow. So you're spending a lot more money. Yeah. Yeah, that your typical postcard is what, 60 cents, 80 cents, somewhere in that range? Uh, not that high. I think we're okay. 42 cents right now. Okay. Postcard, because we send a lot. Gotcha. So, because yeah. in volume, it goes down the more you send. So, right. if you get a lot in marketing company that made postcards, have uh, no desire to. What do you use for your postcards? Yeah. Uh, we use Yellow Letter HQ. Okay. okay. HQ.com. Nice. And they just send out, and basically you skip trace the leads, enter them into their system, and then they generate. Is it like a standard postcard that you send, or is it uh, Well, no, we, we don't skip trace those. We would just pull the list and then send the list oh, okay. straight, gotcha. straight to them. Gotcha. And yeah, we have, it has to be formatted a certain way. So that's, again, that's what the data VAs do. Gotcha. So let's just pull, we'll, we'll actually physically pull it, my wife will jury, and um, She'll just send it to them and be like, here, format it. And they know the format that it has to go, has to be set into to go to the postcard people. Nice. And they know the format that they have to put it in to be uploaded to get a skip trace. So gotcha. it's like just sorting and doing all that data. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Especially like with skip tracing, if you have a John Smith and a Jan Smith, that when that record comes in, it's usually together, right? John yep. and Jan Smith. So we have to create a formula that will separate it and put John on one line and Jan on another line oh, and then okay. send it up to the skip trace place. Gotcha. And then that typical postcard, is it more of like a letterhead? Like a letter? Or is it like one of your little four by six postcards? Four by six. Okay. Four by six. Nothing special about it. We want to buy your house. We want to buy your house. Yeah. Nice. So you mentioned previously that you usually don't look at that. You usually actually don't physically go and see, neither you or your staff go see the houses. Right. You get it under contract, all virtually. They sign a contract to get to DocuSign or something like that. Um, how do you get the uh, the seller to trust you to know that you're a reliable company if you're not even meeting with them and shaking their hand or anything like that? Um, a few few ways we do that. Like one is just having a website. You know, a lot of people don't have websites. We have a website, obviously. Um, another another is we have an office right here. So you know, <laughs> like here, pull it up. Like you can see that I own this okay. office. Um, we're here. We invite them to come to us. Uh, oh, okay. come, coming to us, and um, we we utilize our title companies and attorneys that we use. Like here, talk to them. They'll tell you how many deals that we've done, and um, you know. And then we also use our previous uh, customers that we bought houses from, and just let them talk to them as well. So nice. we don't hide it. We we actually push that issue a lot. So nice. and we tell people when we're when we're on a deal and we're talking to them. If they decide to go with somebody else or, or, or deciding to go with somebody else, then we will bring up those. Oh, do they have a website? Uh, no, they don't have a website. Okay, well, well where's our office? Well, it's a PO box. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> so then we can use that to get some doubt, yeah. some doubt in their mind. And, yeah, use the truck manager, of course. Do they have proof of funds, right? Like, like uh, I'll, I'll send you the proof of funds that, that you need, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's just other ways of selling and using that to your advantage that we, that we capitalize on. So, so since you're selling the house, also, you're finding a buyer. If you don't go to the house or anything, you don't put a lockbox on, I assume. Or maybe you do. Um, after the fact, we do. Okay, so after you get under contract, then you usually go and check out the yeah, house. Yeah, that's when my dispo person will go out there and he'll he'll actually meet the people at the house or even meet buyers, yeah. buyers at the house or inspectors 
whatever we're, we're doing with that house, whether we're taking it down or, or gonna wholesale it out, because I do keep you know some of our deals as well. Okay, so um, you keep them, not just yeah. I'll do I'll flip I'll flip some, we'll hotel some, I'll keep some as rentals, and then we'll wholesale the rest. Nice. So just How do you dictate up. whether or not you're keeping wholesaling or whatnot? Do you do that after it gets under contract? Do you make that decision, or usually before? Yeah, usually after we'll look at the deal, see where it's at. Um, but depending on where my cash situation is at the time too, you know, if you're tied up into a bunch of projects, it's not like you go out and buy a bunch of houses when your, your money's all tied up. Um, although we do use other people's money quite a bit, so let um, me just look at it. So is it something I like? I like to keep ranchers, like little nice. small starter homes. I love ranchers. I love multifamily. So any of those, we'll, we'll try to keep as many as we can. And if it's like a big house with a big rehab, that's not something I want to do. Got to get into, so then we'll, we'll sell that house that goes out. Okay, nice. Yeah. So since you don't visit the property, <clears throat> let's say they take pictures, whatever, or no, no, I'm sorry, you don't even see the property, and you get it under contract for X amount, and then you go actually go to the property, you're like, dang, they said this was in a lot better condition yep. than it was. Do you then go back to the seller and renegotiate? Yes. And then yeah. and how often does that happen where? Um, I wouldn't say it's that often, to okay. be with you. Maybe one in 10. Okay. In every 10 of our deals, we have that situation. And then we just go back and have a real conversation with the, with the seller. I mean, we keep good notes when we're locking it up, and this is what we're offering. You know, and then if you get out there and there's a foundation issue and they didn't say anything about yeah, a foundation, yeah. you just go back and have a real conversation about it. Like, hey, this was not in the condition that you told us. And sometimes they don't even know. Like, you know, oh, it's yeah. a real estate owner. They yeah. haven't seen the property yeah. in a couple of years. Well, last I know, it was fine. It was in good shape, right? And you get out there and it's not. And then you just have a, have a conversation with them about it. So, And sometimes probably better condition than you thought. Does that ever happen? <laughs> I think we, we paid out like 
$600 quarterly bonus to all of our VAs last quarter nice. Um, nice. when they hit their when they hit their goal. Which and we gave them a, we I gave them a, a dinner, so I let them go out to dinner, and have a big big party with the team, everybody celebrate, and have some drinks, have some nice food, nice. Uh, and they get their bonuses too. Have you ever been out there to visit? I have not, but I'm, I'm that's okay. that'd be cool. Is, I'm definitely doing that, and we're nice. definitely going, trying to get it get it set up to get that done. Uh, of course, we just had an earthquake out there yesterday. Oh, I do that. So yeah, it's a little crazy right now. So, but yeah, I'm definitely gonna do that. So it's awesome. That, that, no, that you take care of them. You treat them well. And, I mean, like now, they're, we're very picky about who we let on the team. We call them Team Campion, which is champion in Tagalog. And uh, they'll like if somebody's not doing their job, they're yeah. like ratting each other out. Like this person's not making calls. Nice. This person. So I don't. I don't even really have to deal. Or handle the VAs anymore. I have, a, I have a lead VA that is basically in charge of everybody, and if I have an issue, I just contact him, and then he he contacts and handles it. But I mean, all the time they're just like we we like we hired new ones. We had I hired like three new ones a couple weeks ago. We went through all three of those really really quick because they weren't dedicated. But they were like, hey, this person's not not doing it. This person's not yep. doing it. They'll tell me really quick on whether they're good, not good, showing up, not showing up. So nice. I don't really even have to track anymore. They just, I just tell them, hey, we need, we need another VA. Go out and find me another VA, and they'll, they'll bring them back. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. The culture's good. They're gonna bring exactly. Yeah. Now your lead VA is he doing the training for yeah. the rest of the? Okay, so you don't even have to train them anymore. Nope. Now when you were first getting started, how did you put a system in place to train the VA to do exactly what you were looking to do? Um, so basically what I did is I just did it all myself, right? Okay. So, and then I captured everything on a screen capture. <clears throat> I, I used like Screencast-O-Matic, I think is what it, what it was. And I would just basically go step by step by step on every single process that they do. And I would record myself doing it. And then I created those links to those videos. And then when I would hire a new PA, I would just basically, here, here's a sheet, go watch all the videos, go, go through the training process. And if you have any questions, at the end of the day, we can talk about it at the end of the day. So kind of systematizing it. So something you can't really train is that, like how how good a salesperson is, right? Mm-hmm. So like, how are you screening that, or is it like are you looking at the resume? Like how are you finding, or are you just putting them through having them become a VA? Seeing how they are on the phone, can close deals in that kind of this. Stuff. Yeah, so like the VA's role is very, very basic. Um, their their main job is to get about five questions answered for me, and then just set up an appointment if the if the person wants to wants to sell their house at that point. So uh, uh, we, we keep it very simple. It really, the only thing I care about when I hire a VA is how they sound on the phone. Literally, I don't care if they have any real estate experience at all. I can train them to to do that. So as long as they sound good, they don't have a really heavy accent. Uh, that's the most important part mm-hmm. to okay. to me in my system, and because um, I, I know I can train them, and we do like weekly. We do a weekly sales training mm-hmm. for everybody all the time. Like, we don't ever stop sales training. We do it all the time every week like, for like yeah. an hour. They're, yeah, they're they're on for an hour. We'll just go through calls and we'll listen to each other's calls, and then we'll be like, hey, what did they do good on this call? What did they do bad on this call? You know, did they get these five script questions answered for us? Did they get yeah. the appointment? Did they not get the appointment? You know, what what could they have done different? And we just, we're just always talk, talking. All, about all of that sounds very like corporate. Yeah. Like, it, it, I mean, so you it, went from your corporate to make it your corporation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, all that from the bonuses, uh, incentive structures. Because like in, in the car industry, 
So yeah. do like monthly volume bonuses mm -hmm. and then do the quarterly ones. And, yep. um, and then to like listen back to your calls. I used to be a service advisor a long time ago and we would do that. Mm -hmm. So like sit on each other, we listen to <laughs> each other's phone calls. Yeah. And you're like, why didn't you sell that break service? Yeah. It was like, well, it was because like, I think you need brake service. It's like, no. right. you need <laughs> brake service. Yeah. yeah. And your car is up in the air. We can really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like a simple question at the end of a call, like, you know, hey, do you have anything else you're looking to sell? Right. And yeah. like, most people don't answer yeah. the question. And that's that's like just a simple, easy question. Now you're probably 99 times out of 100, they're going to say no. But that one time that they do, maybe you get a $20,000 wholesale fee. Because yeah. mm -hmm. you, know, you just ask that simple question. Yeah. So we're, we're always pushing them to be better. We have a one percent uh, growth mindset each day. Just try to go out and get one percent better. Oh, yeah. nice. So we, we push being champions, being better, training, growing, uh, competitiveness. Like and I and I with VAs, you have to keep that up. Like you know, we track their KPIs. Their goal is to get three to four leads a day. If they don't make a certain amount of calls and get a certain amount of leads each day, you know they they'll get written up. So you know, it's it's sales it's business, and if it's not. What you did last week, it's you know each and every it's day. Sales, that's dude. why we it's focus. Sales, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have a team meeting at nine o'clock every day, and we go over numbers with them every day, every day. And every day it's hey, go out, win, we'll just win today. That's all you gotta do is go out, do your job today, yeah. win today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about if you didn't do it yesterday. Mm -hmm. Just go out and be great today. And they're doing like regular eight-hour days, ten-hour days. Yep. And so how long? Or times are different. Yeah, yeah, they're twelve hours different. Yeah. On. Yep. So and you're not having to start earlier because of that, or later, or well, they're working through the night. They're working essentially. The oh, yeah. That's why that's they get the two dollars an hour. So are you always? How much time do you spend working with your VA? You said every day you have, you do have a meeting. Um, so how much time does it take for you? I guess during means like 30 minutes a day is that what is that what you would say yeah for the most part just okay. about 30 minutes i mean we'll have some communication like right now we're hiring new vas and he's training my lead va is training new vas so i'll, I'll have a few conversations throughout the day with him and i actually um promoted my very best va um probably about six months ago now into an acquisitions role so I, I do have to meet with him each each morning for you know 30 minutes or so before my team meeting. I meet with him and we go over all of his appointments for the day and I kind of like set a baseline on the offers of how how he's going to talk to each lead, which kind of helps him out a little bit. So and he, and now he has a different bonus structure. Like yeah, he's totally paid. He's paid totally different. So he's, yeah, he's, he's paid. He's motivated now. Yeah, he's paid a little little more. He gets a little more of a base salary. Uh, he gets a little higher bonus on his deals. And um, but uh, in my acquisition, my U.S. acquisitions people, I pay like usually ten percent of the deal, mm -hmm. and I don't have to pay them that. So yeah, it's, again, it's a big savings to me. Yeah. I'm just kind of testing that out. Um, I mean, if that, if that another mentor of mine has yeah. been doing that, and he's had some luck with it. It's kind of <laughs> hit or miss sometimes with the person. Mm -hmm. um, and we had some turnover here recently, and I tried to add a couple couple in, and that that and it didn't work. Out. It has to be the right VA yeah. with the right attitude, and the one that yeah. I have is he, he's awesome. So he, he, his he's always positive attitude, always wanting to do deals. If he has a bad day, he don't care. He's still happy the next day. Because yeah, awesome. he's making really good good money based based on uh, you know Philippine income. So. Mm -hmm. And this is your head VA, right? The one that no, he's not my head VA. Oh, because you have a head VA and an acquisition yep. manager VA. 
Uh, nice. And how long you had the head VA that now looks over at the other ones? Oh, how? He's probably been with me two years, three, okay. two, two, three years. Is he your first hire, or first keep hire and keep? Is he, is he the longest, I guess? No, I've got another another uh, VA that, that was my longest. Okay. Uh, one more that's tenured a little. And then my acquisition guy has been here long too. That Those three are my core of mine. So one girl was, she was the lead VA, then another role came open that I wanted to just try. And I gave her first opportunity. She decided she wanted to step down from that role and go into this different, different role. And then I promoted the other guy up, up to the lead VA manager. So him and her, and then Mark, my sales guy, were like the three core ones that I that I had for a long time. So nice. And they kind of fed me good quality VAs outside any time. I'm like, hey, we need to hire another one. Can you go out and find one? They, you know, they, nine times out of ten, they're bringing, bringing people now. I think now we've kind of got to the point where we have so many. I've had to use uh, onlinejobs.ph is where I typically find them. So we've been kind of going back for this last hire and utilizing that website mm -hmm. to, to find more talent. Nice. Yeah, because typically it's turnover too. Though. Yeah. It's typically difficult to find VAs that stick with you and yep. are willing to do what you need them to do for long periods of time. So. Yeah. I have a rule. So if, if I have one opening for a VA, I hire three. So oh, nice. Because really quickly, one's not going to show up the first day. Yeah. One's not going to show up the second day. Like literally, like, we hired three, we hired three a week or two weeks ago, and all three it was like three days in a row. One guy, one guy, first <laughs> person left, second person left, third person left. So then we've gone back and hired again, and our second time around we've had a little, little bit better luck. So we always want to hire more, and then that way it kind of create a competition for the job. Like yeah. if we're hiring three, we're gonna keep the best person. Oh, you tell them that up front. Yeah. And the other team tells them too, like, it, you know, when when I was interviewing for the roles, like, I just let them talk to the VAs that yeah. work for me currently, and they 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 love me. They love me. They they love working for our company. So you know, they straight up tell them, and they also set the tone of, hey, we're champions, and if you don't want to come here and be the best you can be, or you're just coming for eight hours and getting a check and then leaving, don't come here. Like, you know, you got to come here and you got to bring it every day. So, and it's, it's just a culture I've created and that's the, that's the mentality we have and that's where we're going to keep it at. So that's everybody, we got to be killers, man. Yeah. In order to grow, you have to have that yeah. mindset even passed down from the top to the bottom. Of yeah. Well, you just got to, one, you got to want it and then two, you got to be able to want to work for it. So, right. yeah. and if, you know, you could want it, but not want to work for it. That's not going to work or, you know. You can yeah. work for it, but not want it. That's not going to work either. So you got to have both of those. Be very competitive and you know, just wanting to always be better. So nice. That's cool. Do yep. you have more about VAs? Uh, want to do a different topic, or you want to stay? Um, so I have some just like general mindset, yeah, like that. personal stuff, business stuff. Um, so you've been in the game since 2018. Uh, sorry, 2008, 2009. Really? Yep. So you've been in it for a while, 13 so years. You've seen a lot of changes within the last two, mm -hmm. just within your personal business, outside of like what's going on in the market. Where do you see, obviously taking into, consider, into consideration everything that's going on in the real estate market now, rates, all that kind of stuff. Where are you looking to be yourself with your business in like five years, three years, five years? 
three years and five years? That's a really good question. I don't know if I think that long term, unfortunately. <laughs> so, um, you know, I can tell you one thing, and then it might shift at, at that point. So I, I just basically have a goal, like where where I want to get financially. And I know once once I get to that goal financially, you know, it might it might change a little bit. Like right now, I'm in growth mode, growth mode, okay. growth mode. I want to grow, grow, grow. I want to keep keep increasing my revenue, keep increasing my deals, keep increasing markets that I'm going into. Uh, based upon that, but we have to be ready for it, right? You can't just jump from one market into yeah. like five markets, and that's a lot of what I see with the coaching people that I coach right now is, you know, they're just like, hey, well, I'm marketing to this city and that city and this city, and I'm like, yo, whoa, whoa, wait, you gotta slow down, you gotta focus. Like, let's pick one and let's get really good at that yeah. one, and then once we get really good at that one, we can implement those systems in place and go to the next one. Right. Yeah. So we we just try to take that approach and try to slow them down and really get them to think a little bit more instead of hey you know, this guy said Birmingham's great <laughs> this guy said Knoxville's great yeah. so they're like trying to do any market that they said was great and you can't you can't be successful doing that okay so um, you, you mentioned uh, being financially free now that means a lot of different things for a lot of different people that can be a, a financially free number because of cash flow, right? Like I have X amount of units and yep. this is what my cash flow is. It, is that more of a rental cash flow focused thing or is that more of a business is running, your son is taking it over or somebody else is taking it over and then you and your wife like kind of check out and you're just more like on the board type of thing. Um, yeah, well that's, okay. that's, that's my goal right now is what I'm trying to grow, grow to, to get that. So I can just basically come in and be like, like a 10 minute CEO, give me a high overview. Yeah. Here's our numbers, here's what we did. Again, going back to KPIs and tracking things yeah. and, and where I don't really have to be that involved. So obviously that's a process, I'm not quite there yet. I'm still pretty heavily involved with everything that we do right now. But um, I'll, I'll definitely get there, like that's what we're moving towards. But, um, so so you, you started with wholesaling, you have done some flips, you're successful at your flips, you do some wholesaling. The wholesaling obviously requires less work. Flip or uh, the uh, wholesaling requires significantly less work, kind of on the back end once you've already left it up. Mm-hmm. But you're still really heavy on the wholesaling side, right? Mm-hmm. So, is there a reason for that? Because uh, it's the easiest thing to do, and it's the quickest way to get cash in your pocket. Okay. So, you know, I want that quick cash. I mean, I I'll take a little bit less on a quick cash. You know, a lot of these deals I could probably rehab them and make you know four times, five times, whatever I make on a wholesale fee, right? Yeah. But to me, that there's effort, there's energy, there's you know you got to buy materials, you got to track contractors, babysit contractors, yeah. and I don't want to do that stuff. I, mean, I try to keep our our rehabs are just basically like lipstick type stuff that we can just go in and change out carpets, change, do very minimal stuff, mm-hmm. and put it back on, um, and get it get rolling. So. And then uh, anything that I, I want to keep, you know, we'll, we'll go into that stuff. So I'm, I'm basically just focusing my rehab rehabs on to my rentals and also just light light fixer up type stuff. So okay. the rest I'm just kind of wholesale now. So you would you say that you're wholesaling about 80% of what you bring in? Uh, or is it more than that? It's probably less than that actually right now. I'm, I'm heavy, heavy, in heavy mode of buying and holding as much as I possibly uh-huh. can because I really want to grow my, my long-term net worth. And that's the best way to do it is to start holding properties and have you know if you're buying properties at 70 cents on the dollar yeah you know it's a hundred thousand dollar house you just yeah. got thirty thousand in equity right yeah. and you do that over and over and over again 
you can build your network out pretty pretty quickly. So and that that'll be my end game at the end when I when I'm at the point where I want to be, I'll just sell everything off and um, basically just start lending out my money at that point. Right. And you call it leasing out. Leasing out. Who wants to sign a lease? Um, okay, how, how soon after you did your first wholesale deal in, in 2010, right? So you got some money in, cool, you saw they did cash flow, then you left your job five, six years later, and you were like, okay, we gotta do this full time, you saw the money coming in, it exponentially started growing. At what point did you decide, I'm gonna, you probably already knew that you wanted to keep some houses because you read Robert Kiyosaki and like you knew that that was an end goal, right? But at what point did you start to keep some of the stuff for yourself? I think it was in 2012 when we bought my first rental property. So Okay, so you were oh, you're still slowly before yeah, you, you were already doing it. Okay. So, <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't based off of your income from the No, I just no when I started I just wanted to pull I just wanted to cash. Just make cash. Yeah. I, I didn't really know about you know long term holding and all that stuff. I just wanted to make chunks of cash and quick. So and then after that, then you know, you see these guys. Hey, this guy's got this many properties, and then I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah, I'm buying them at seventy cents on the dollar. Why don't I start holding some of these, and you know, have long-term wealth? It's my basically my retirement plan. Yeah, because you're buying them yeah. at an extremely good price, and you're selling them to people, and they're for still a big price. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, so that, like, that very first property we bought, we bought it for fifteen thousand, uh, fifteen thousand dollars. It's a brick. Brick little rancher over off of the uh, mechanical turnpike area. <laughs> that, that thing's probably worth like 180 grand right now. So. How much renovation did you have to do? Uh, that one I rented out, so I've actually remodeled it several times because of <laughs> crappy tenants. <laughs> but, um, I think we put maybe 20 grand into that thing. When wow. You got 150,000 in equity just yeah. sitting yeah. there. I assume you refied it. Sense. Nope. Oh no. No kids. Okay. So that leads me to my next question. All right. So of your net worth, you don't have to disclose what that is, but of your net worth, how diversified are you? What What are the percentages? Right. What are you in? I mean, you might not want to say cash, but like, what are you in cash? What are you in real estate? Do you do stocks? Do you have other kind of investments? Like, I don't know. I'm all in on real gold estate. coins. I'm, gold, all, I'm so, all in on real estate. Real estate. All in cash. All in, all in, real all all in, in cash. And I think I have a. Well, I've got uh, a, a self-directed IRA, but that's that's all got all real estate in it too. So now I try to try to keep it where I'm paying minimal taxes. But it, for, for me, it's just real estate, man. Like to me, it's the best investment that's out there. It's the yes. safest. It's the most secure. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I, I did crypto for a little bit, but then you know, I think we spent. I think I put like 20 grand into crypto years ago. It shot right up, like right away, and I'm like, yeah, this is pretty cool. You know, listen, listen to a lot of the guys in my match. Yeah. Crypto, crypto, crypto. So yeah. I, I did it, and then it like dove back down, and it, it like lost money. I ended up selling that after a loss because I just wanted to. I, I was just tired. Of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, all right, I'm not. I'm sticking to what I know. I'm sticking to what I'm good at. I know I'm good at real estate, finding deals, you know, selling deals, and that's that's. Yeah, I'll bet on myself all day. I'm not gonna bet on something. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that's that's my thing. And and it's tangible. It's not like yeah, you, tangible, oh, tangible. Yeah. Yes, here. Yeah, absolutely. Damn. Okay. Um. All right. So wholesaling is not easy, right? Uh. Neither is real estate. It's a difficult thing. If you're always swimming against the stream. You're zigging when other people are zagging, right? So, I, I'm sure you've come to to certain points, certain times of the year, certain typical years. 
that you just wanted to give up, right? Like, I mean, you're you're a big mindset guy from from the conversations we've had, from what I've heard on the outside. Like, I mean, I'm sure you have quotes that just live in your head all the time that are like fueling you, right? But but no matter how good you are, you'll have times that you're just like, maybe maybe I need to go back, right? So. What was that time, if you have an instance that comes to mind, and what was the thing that like put you back on track or like, hell yeah, I'm not looking back? Uh, that's a great question. That's a great question. I mean, I, I probably thought about quitting completely, like, I don't know, three, three or four times, and I've probably been that close three or four times really doing it. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you know, when I'm sitting there and I'm just like, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to go out and try to get a job. And, like, I'm just like, what am I going to do? I'm not a good employee. 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 And then you look at the, the skill set that I have at full selling. Like, I can go out and make 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand mm-hmm. like, on a deal. And it's like, you can't. I'm, I'm unhirable. Just point, right? Yeah. Right. So it's like uh, there's no way I can go back and work and work a job. There's no way I could ever do. And that work again. for three months. And that, literally, that was my mindset when I was at that point. I'm like, man, I just it's just a lot. I just I just need to go back and just get a regular job. Like, and then I'm like, <laughs> oh, like my checks only gonna be like like maybe ten grand, maybe yeah. a month. If I'm like, yeah. That just yeah. doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Less it taxes. It doesn't make sense. I can't sit there. I don't want to work for somebody else to, to make them rich. I'd rather work for myself and make myself rich and help other people get rich. Yeah. So let's um, build it up. Um, since uh, since wholesaling is so cash heavy, um, I mean, you were already buying real estate before. Mm-hmm. Like, what what were you what are you ramping up as? Because if you multiplied two times your business from two years ago and from the last year to this year, you're obviously also having to like. Tax prep, right? Yep. Yeah, I mean, you're you're oh, yeah. you're having to prepare for that. So, is that a big motivator? Other than like you wanting to retire and be financially free, is that also mm-hmm. another big motivator for you to like bump up your your rental game? Absolutely. Or, or that's, that's why I keep stuff. keep buying, and I'm I'm really heavy on on buying only right now because I'm making a lot of cash wholesaling, so I don't want to pay taxes. Yeah. Legally, I legally don't want to pay taxes. I'm it's not legal. Guys. It's not tax avoidance. <laughs> Uh, it's just tax planning, right? Yeah. So if you're smart, you know how many how many properties you need to buy for depreciation to offset your capital gains on the on the, the wholesale side. Yeah. And I'm always like teetering on the edge of that, trying to play it, figure out what I need to do. You know, you can do things like cost segregation mm-hmm. on, your, on your properties to get more write-offs. It's just you're not doing that on single family stuff. No, no, just the multi on the multi family okay. stuff that I have. Yeah. How how often are you meeting with your accountant? Because like I mean, your portfolio I'm sure is sizable and the amount of volume that you do is sizable. So like, how often are you meeting with them? How often are you looking at those like reports, right? The PLs, yep. balance, like how that's often? something I need to get better at. Honestly, um, I'm in the middle of switching the person that I use now. Yeah. Um, and I, I did not meet enough with that person. So right now I've set a goal to go in and meet. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to set up a monthly monthly meeting with my um, accounting nice. person that does it. So, but I talk to my um, my bookkeeper and all that pretty much mm-hmm. on a daily basis. We're going through stuff and strategizing a little bit with him. So. You have an in-house bookkeeper, right? <laughs> I guess kind of. My, my dad, my dad is my bookkeeper. Okay, so got it. Got it. <laughs> kind of in-house, I guess. <laughs> Now, did he do this beforehand, or did you just kind of brought him into? No, nah, he's just a control. No, he was he was a controller background, C, COO type background. So nice. He, he 
was like an accountant in the military and all that stuff. So he, he knows books and That's numbers cool. and all that stuff. So yeah, he just so since then, so you're able to bring in your whole family, essentially, yeah. to your business. And yeah. now, it's a family-owned business. Two of my sons work with me. My wife works with me. My, my dad works with me. So, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty That's awesome. Pretty family-owned. Uh, That's cool. It's cool. A uh, couple other, other questions. Uh, and we kind of touched on it just, just a second ago. But if you weren't doing real estate now, right? So, say you did the trucking thing, then you would have tried wholesaling. Say you would have given up way too soon because obviously you had massive massive success what do you think you'd be doing now <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean i know that that's morbid right like it's like you're successful but if you weren't successful what could you be doing what, what are <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I'd probably just be back at the car, at the truck, truck dealership, yeah, exactly. doing, doing truck leasing. Yeah, and, and, you know, I don't know. Like, you just kind of. Yeah. I think most people just get in that groove, and it's like you're comfortable there. Yeah. And yeah. It's, that's a comfortable life, and there's nothing wrong with a comfortable life. Like, you know, it's a lot less stressful than the stresses that I have. That's for sure. But you know, I, I just. I don't have that mentality. I can't sit there and just be average. It's not inside yeah. of me to be average and just be comfortable like that. I, I want to push myself and keep growing and keep keep expanding and seeing how good I can get. Right? Yeah. That's the best. Like God, God put me here for a reason. Yeah. And it wasn't to be average. So nice. I, I owe it to Him and to myself and to everyone. You know, yeah. like the people that I want to help in my coaching business. You know, I, I owe it to them to be better, to grow, to learn. Yeah. So I can teach them that stuff too and pay it forward. So, yeah. yeah. Now, do you think sales, your sales background, helped you be as successful as you are in wholesaling? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think that still helps you? Because I feel like that would have yeah. helped you significantly before, but do you think it still is like a, a very big part of the reason you're successful? Yeah. Like, okay. Real estate, it's not real estate. It's yeah, wholesaling business, it's marketing and sales. It's yeah. literally all it is, marketing and sales. Marketing and sales, and then you got the numbers in between, right? Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's just real estate is the commodity that you're, yeah. you're working with. Yeah. In the business, you you have to have, send out marketing, right, to get leads, to, to make offers, to get deals. If you're not doing that, that's one issue. On the other side of it is if you don't know how to sell, if you don't know how to close, you're going to waste all the money that you did over here because you can't have a conversation with somebody and figure out what they need to what they need help with so it's heavy marketing heavy sales and you want to get as good as you can in the marketing side and as good as you can on the sales side if you're not good at the sales side hire somebody out that is good at the sales mm -hmm. side and then just yeah. you focus on the marketing side yeah so. um so to follow up on your question um college did you go to college i did I, yep you did okay. go to college. i state in boone north carolina had a wrestling scholarship to go there Oh, no nice. way. You want to wrestle some wrestling then? <laughs> <laughs> I don't wrestle with Carlos. I don't wrestle with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so you, so you wholesale, obviously, and then you mentioned the flips and you do it from wholesaling. Do you have a project manager that manages that? Is it your son who manages? Because it, it sounds like it's not a whole lot of your portfolio that you like flip, right? It sounds like it's like, unless it's, it's called a couple sellers and it's like, hey, I need some carpet, do some tile, and then. Yeah, we, we have a lot of contractors already set up in place, so they handle the majority of it. Um, I've had a project managers. I'm currently looking for one, so if you want to come work with me, uh, hit me up. Uh, we just haven't been able to find the right person or the right fit for that job over the last couple of hours that we've done. We've, 
let two of them go. You know, it's just, to me, like most project managers want $100,000 salary. You know, I'm a small business. I'm not gonna just throw out $100,000 salary right off the bat because somebody thinks they deserve it. Like, yeah. you know, my, my, I start my base for my project people a lot lower than that. And then they have the opportunity to earn up to that. Mm-hmm. If they get projects done on time, if the the numbers come back yeah. on 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 plan, yeah. like you know, uh, they turn rental properties or get rental tenants because they, they the project manager I want is also managing my my rental portfolio. Oh, okay. the tenants, okay. all that stuff. So they're dealing with tenants, okay. they're dealing with ten, uh, rental repairs yeah. as well as the projects and basically handling all that stuff. Anything maintenance related, which. Is so maintenance, maintenance rentals, and tur- turns, and like turning new houses you buy into rentals. Yep. So please send your resume yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. Take it. Another at Todd at USA Dash Home Buyers. Resume. Okay. Um, okay. So so you don't have somebody currently now, but it's just something that everybody kind of tags team until you find somebody. Yep. To I'm doing a lot of it. My sons step in and do a lot of it too. So it's just kind of. For, just making it work right now. You yeah, enjoy it's, it? It's a big no. I do not. But where you're at in your business, yeah. now that you get to pick and choose what you like to do the most, what job is it that you want to like focus on and get to do and other than everything like you used to do? Uh, I like basically a uh, couple things. One, I like I like sales, sales training. I, I still love that. Like you know, it's, I'll hop on the phone and do some calls every now and then. Not consistently, but uh, I like training that team, and then basically just going out and talking to other people on how I can grow grow my company. So yeah, again, I'm the, I'm the visionary. My my wife is the implementer. You know, you need a visionary to come up with the ideas. You need an implementer to put it all in place, right? So that's another reason why we meld very well together. Um, but uh, you know, I just want to keep coming up with ideas. I'm, really focus on raising capital right now, you know, nice. so we can do more deals as well. Like you gotta have the money lined up. You don't wanna go to people when you need money, you wanna find the money when you don't need it and then put it to work, right? Nice. So um, focused on doing that, find private lenders that want safe, solid returns <coughs> on the deals that we do and um, getting better than, you know, bank rates and stuff like that. So just nice. long-term, just setting ourselves up to where we can buy any and every deal that we come across, whether we get into commercial stuff or you know apartment complexes all that stuff like i'm always wanting to do uh, bigger deals instead of you know keep grinding 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 doing these wholesale deals ten twenty thousand dollar deals let's do it's the same amount of work so let's do a two hundred thousand dollar deal let's do a million dollar deal so right yeah it's just thinking bigger growing your mindset and growing your, your capabilities yeah that was actually one of my questions is yeah, based on what's going on in the market now, like how's that shifting kind of feel, like your outlook? What are you doing different? And I guess if you're having these conversations with these lenders, you're because you're looking more. to be cash heavy, cash ready, right? right? So you're keeping and buying more than you used, yeah. or you're looking to keep and buy more than you yeah. used to be, like let's say two or three years. I mean, I can't wait for the dip, right? So oh, yeah. it's, it's already started. Uh, our lead volume has gone up significantly oh, really? in, the last, in the last month or so. Um, you know, we're having better conversations with, with people. There's finally like some motivation coming back to the market, yep. where before it's everybody can just list their property with a realtor and get above asking price. So mm-hmm. it was it was a little more difficult. Um, but you know, just keeping our head or keeping our head down, staying focused, just being consistent. Like really, that's what it takes to be successful. Just being consistent. 
showing up every day and you know we're just staying focused and just keep keeping the head down add another person here add another person there slowly and growing and growing up yeah so if there's a new person who hasn't done anything in real estate they're looking to get in they've heard of the hype they've seen the hype yeah. obviously things are changing what advice or what would you recommend that they do they've, 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 they've never they've never done a deal they don't have a rental they don't have they might have a decent job but like I've heard about wholesaling. Yeah, I've heard about wholesaling. I've um, heard about like just basically dive in. You know, social media. You can find a lot of stuff on social media. You can find a lot of stuff on uh, YouTube. You know, learn, grow. I have a group, Undefeated Real Estate. It's undefeatedrealestate.com. They can come and join my group. They want to learn as well. Um, you know, just dive in and learn. Like you know, that's the action step that I took. I was just. Dove in. Like it took me two years to do my first deal. I didn't quit. I didn't give up. Got to have mindset behind it and um, know that you're gonna fail like a lot, right? Like, I mean, I failed a whole bunch before I did my first deal. But you can't give up on your dreams and give up on what you want. It's it, real estate and wholesaling is is actually pretty easy. You said it was it was hard earlier. It's not hard. It's an easy process, right? You get leads. You make offers. You get deals. That's pretty simple, right? Mm -hmm. And if you know numbers, you just know how many you, you, you need in each level, right? But the hard part is the mind, right? The mind, the focus, like you, you get discouraged as, as humans and the mind's job is to protect you. So it, literally when you have failure, it wants you to shut down. Yeah. And you have to fight that urge inside of your mind to shut down and learn to push, push through that. Like, you know, we. I tell all my sales guys, like, dude, you gotta know, you gotta know, that's awesome, great job, you gotta know, you're one, one more closer to that yes, right? We need 99 no's before we get the one yes. So go out, just get 99 no's. The next yeah. one's a yes, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's getting yeah, back to mindset. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, speaking of mindset, is there like a mindset coach that you meet up with, uh, like, weekly or monthly, besides the uh, masterminds? Is there someone or something yeah, that- you want to try? Yeah. So a couple years ago, I hired a fitness coach, and he actually ended up being heavy in mindset. And his name is John Madsen. He has a podcast called The Show, um, and basically, I owe a lot of my mindset just to, to hiring him as one of my fitness coaches. And he really changed my life and my mindset a couple years ago. And I think that's again why my business has kind of taken off the way it has, um, because I just basically have been listening to him and growing with him and, and basically just putting stuff into action so um i kind of what is the what was your question again yeah. do you meet do you meet someone i don't so I, no i don't i don't meet with anybody but i listen yeah. to his podcast every week i yeah. listen to like ed Milet. like i'm, I'm into a lot more po podcasts about mindset uh lewis howes mm -hmm. is another one that i listen to so just you know if i'm at the gym working yeah. out i'm I'm listening to podcasts. Yeah, right? If I'm driving, I'm listening to podcasts. So um, just trying to, to you know keep positive and positive stuff in your head and just growing in, in, in that as well. So uh, a good segue for that would be what, what's your favorite, all-time favorite quote or saying or story that you live by or anything that keeps you? <laughs> um, I mean, just really for me, like if you get knocked down, just get back up. You know, there's that that, that Rocky quote. I don't know what, which Rocky it's from, but when he's talking about it, it's not, you know, how hard you hit, it's how hard you can get hit, keep moving forward, mm -hmm. right? So um, that's kind of 
what I, what I live by. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes, but, you know, the one thing I know my superpower is I'm going to get back up and I'm going to keep keep moving forward and I'm going to keep trying and keep growing until I, until I get it done. Yeah. So, I have a quit. random question. Uh, how much has wrestling put that mindset on? You think wrestling was a big part of the way your mind thinks? Um, wrestling, I don't know per se it's the way I think, but just the competitiveness of it, being able to compete in sports, like I've always uh, been a very competitive person. So at a very young age, I was competitive, whether it's baseball, wrestling, golf, whatever it was. And you know, I think sports in general is a great, yeah. a great atmosphere to be around, just to you know, because you're always pushing to be better and grow, and it's the same mentality basically. If I hire somebody, I love they play sports. I love when they tell me I'm super competitive. Like that's that's the type of person I want. I want my sales guys to compete, right? I want them to feel bad when they are the worst <laughs> salesman that month. I want them to be the top salesman each month, right? Yeah. And just be pushing. So. Yeah. So now salespeople. How many salespeople do you have now that go out and Pursue the leads that the VAs bring in. Uh, we have three. Yeah. Three. Okay. Nice. And then they go out. They're your closers. Yeah. Essentially, they go yeah. and close the deal, lock it up, yep. get it under contract, and then from there, you have another acquisitions team that takes over to our disposition team. Dispositions yeah. to send the buyers. Yep. Nice. Yep. So our acquisition guys, they just focus on locking up deals, and that's it. Nice. Not, they don't have to sell them or anything like that. That's awesome. Yep. Nice. Um, how how do you help your team avoid burnout? How do I help them avoid burnout? Um, it's uh, very repetitive. Yeah, very we repetitive. just have fun, I guess. You know, yeah. I mean, you guys are in my office today. So yeah. We have pool yeah. tables, we have dark boards, we have shuffle boards. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a drink or two. You know, in the yes. afternoon if we're having a good week. Um, you know, taking them out to eat. Like just you know just also just being thankful. You know, telling them when they do a good job. Right. Not a lot of people do that. Uh, we, we'll do bonuses and stuff, bonus incentives, like, you know, maybe it's not monetary, monetary stuff they want, they want a trip, or they want to yeah. go to a game, or they want to do events or something like that, so it's just doing those little things, um, you know, and giving them the rec- recognition is, is the main thing. Now, do y'all have, like, not quotas, but do y'all have sales goals for every week, every month, um, quarter, yeah. things like every that? Month, every month, the guys are, they're required to do, um, like, 80, 85 grand. Okay, so it's revenue. Yeah. close revenue. Close revenue. Eighty-five grand combined. No. Yeah, oh, just straight wholesale. Wow. Each person. Yeah. Wow. And really, my goal for them is 100 k. Okay, nice. Yeah. And now, and to get to hundred k, just for the people listening that are beginners, is that could be ten deals, could be fifteen, or is that our well, our average deal size right now is about twenty twenty two thousand somewhere in that realm. So okay, wholesale so, fee is about yeah, twenty two grand. It's about five five closings a month. Okay. And their true goal is to, to lock up, you know, two to three contracts each each week. So nice. we try to take a big goal and break it down, right? Yeah. So cool. at the end of the day all they gotta do is lock up two to three deals. Wow. Each 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 week. Each so, week, yeah. Yeah. So and by doing deal, that a deal every other day, right? That month is gonna be they're gonna meet their goal by yeah. the end of the month by doing that. Yeah, they'll crush they'll crush their goal. That's, that's awesome. awesome. Yep. So then, do they have yearly incentives if they hit X amount one? So um, I, I give them a, a kicker. If they get over the 85 grand, they get a 2% kicker on top of their regular commission, nice. which is retroactive on everything. So that's cool. Yeah. And then we'll do we'll do competitions every now and then. Yeah. We have a top salesman of the month award. You know, we've got like the belt and all that <laughs> stuff. Nice. They get to wear that around the office and 
putting in people's faces. That's cool. Yeah. It's all about that recognition. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What about the VAs? Top dog. Actually, I got a belt for the VAs, and then the first VA we gave it to ended up quitting and took took the belt. <laughs> I got, I got, she went from the, the VA of the month with the belt to yeah. she quit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's oh, that's funny. Yeah. So now going into next year, you're getting cash heavy. That means that you expect, where do you see the market going for the next few, for six months or so? Not even say a year. Let's see. Going into, going into next year. Yeah, because you're kind of preparing for the next like few months. The phase, not, yeah, not, next not phase. A couple years, maybe, but like. Yeah, I mean, just you know, everything shows that the market's going to keep going down, interest rates are going to keep going up, which uh, excites me because we're going to get better deals. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm going to go go heavy. We'll probably enter into one or two more markets by the by the time next year hits, as nice. well, and, and expand salespeople and all that. So we're, we're still in expansion mode. So even though the market's going down, that's a good thing for wholesaler and for, for me. Nice. Yeah. We'll, we'll shed some of that. Um, those wannabe wholesaler people. Oh, yeah. 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 They've already, You've already seen the bottom yeah, drop yeah. off over the last six, yeah. or actually the last year they've dropped off because yeah. it's been hard for a wholesaler getting started <laughs> over the last year. Yep. Because why wouldn't you just list your house? Like yeah. you were saying earlier. Right. Yeah. You think that's why you're getting more leads nowadays? Now. Yep. Yeah. Because now you can't just go put your house on the market and sell for thirty thousand over asking. No, yeah. like they're not getting that many postcards or calls. Exactly. And if you have somebody that's getting in touch with you nine times. Oh yeah, you're just and, yeah. They have an office and website. Like, <coughs> yep. Yep. Okay. You have credibility at that point. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Anything else? No, that's. I mean, he crushed it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Uh, where can people find your deals or where can they yeah, get more on your list or whatever? I've never even heard of heard of the undefeated real estate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's my coaching group. Um, they can just again go to undefeatedrealestate.com. It's uh, all the blogs on there and everything. Uh, I also do a free meetup once a month here in Richmond. If you're in RVA, uh, we do that the first Saturday of every month over at one of our co-working spaces called Balance RVA. Um, you can find me on uh, Facebook, Todd Miller. Instagram is Todd Miller 1973. So it's just in anywhere, any one of those. Now we know how old you are. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so the group's mainly directed towards wholesalers. They're wholesaling, or is it? Yeah, yeah. training and teaching me. Okay. Wants to learn more nice. wholesaling game. So yep. Yeah. That's okay. cool. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. Well, any other uh, closing cool. remarks from anybody? No, no, I think, I think that's it. Yeah. All right, you ready? Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah, 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 yeah. we close on it too. All right. Yeah. All right, that was Generation. Yeah.